trying to figure out whether I'm straight or not. Oh, we're gonna start. My head is straight in general, just just in case. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> Welcome to episode nine of the Fuel for Football podcast. I am your host, Sanchez Bailey, and I'm really excited about this one. I'm in a good mood because I know that this topic is something that the people ask for, you know, and it's, there's nothing better than providing and giving something that you know is of demand and it's requested and you know it will touch people. And welcome to the Mental Toughness Programme. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking on topics that will challenge your mental toughness. Um, We're talking about topics that will allow you to develop your mental toughness. And I'm going to be introducing key mental skills that you can apply and have to apply in order for you to become mentally tough. You know, sometimes people exhibit these skills um, without knowing that they're applying a mental skill. But in retrospect, they may look at it and know that they overcame mentally. But it's a mental skill, some of these things that we're going to introduce. And so just kind of going over again what mental toughness is, because, you know, a lot of people kind of use the term like loosely, essentially. Mental toughness is for you to be able to overcome tough situations, challenging situations. You know, if you think about let's just say a team losing 3-0 at half time, you know what team I'm probably referring to, you know, it takes mental toughness for you to be able to overcome a deficit like that. In this topic today, we're going to be talking about someone having an injury and how they can overcome something like that, you know, long-term injuries to be specific. If there's a message that I would love for you guys to remember throughout the, um, the whole episode today is to remember that when you're going through a situation such as a long-term injury, it's okay for you to respond, but it's important for you to not be affected. When we're talking about confidence, now I think on episode three, I spoke about confidence in greater detail, really giving you the fundamentals of confidence and where confidence derives from and how you can almost detect your confidence levels at this present stage. This is almost looking at confidence from another angle. And this here is really, if you think about the definition of confidence, it's really about having self-belief, you know. But in mental toughness and this, you know, particular subject we're talking about, is having self-belief in the midst of difficult and challenging circumstances. That's what mental toughness is, and that's what confidence in relation to mental toughness is, is how you are confident and have belief in yourself despite things being very difficult. Now let's just really consider the whole nature of injuries. Injuries are something that are the unwelcome, I wouldn't say guarantee, but you know, the unwelcome feature of sport. You know, it's something that interrupts your ability to be competitive. It's something that can potentially spoil the opportunity for you to be as competitive as you once were. And sometimes that can be purely psychological. Some of them, you know, some are physiological, but you know, those are things that are out of your control. However, you know, the whole nature of injuries is that sometimes it can affect your your career in terms of where you'll be playing and who you'll be playing for and, you know, the, maybe some of the coaches' perspectives on you. And the nature of injury and the whole concept of all of those worst case scenarios that I've just mentioned allows people to become so dejected when they become injured, you know. And going back to what I just said beforehand, it's okay for you to respond but it's, it's important for you to not be affected. Now, just mentioning all those dynamics that happen in the injury, and they're not all guarantees, by the way, they're just simple byproducts that could or may not happen. When you do get injured, one of the first steps for you to really, you know, work on maintaining your confidence level 
is to start normalizing your the injury. Now, when I say respond, it's okay to be disappointed, you're competitive, you want to win, you want to play every game, every minute, so that's fine. You can't be mad at yourself for being upset. That's okay. You know, I think to Bert Leno, who, who got injured recently, he attacked and accused uh, Morpé for, you know, um, injuring him that's a little bit different but he's allowed to respond that way because he's not happy about that he wanted to he's been one of the best players for his club and he wants to make sure he continues doing that and it's okay for you to respond it's okay for you to be upset it's okay for you to be um, you know dejected is probably the word I'll probably say you know um, about being injured but it's important for you to not let it affect you in terms of it becoming a long-term thought and feeling and emotion there has to be action that comes from it. Just for your knowledge, there are a number of responses and stages of an injury from you, you know, getting injured and recovering. It's quite an emotional roller coaster. You know, the, one of the first things is that you you become you're someone in denial. You you almost can't believe you're injured. You know, and you're almost like, how on earth has this happened to me? You feel sorry for yourself a little bit, which is fine. After that, you have feelings of anger. You know, the fact that you can't compete. You know. The fact that someone had to tackle you that way or the why did you have to land that way or there's anger because you know sometimes it just could be a, a particular phase of movement that could have contributed to the injury it could be gradual maybe you might be angry at yourself that you didn't stretch so much or you didn't look after yourself or if it's a re-injury you might be angry that you didn't really recover fully you know or anything of the sort so anger and denial are some of the first few emotions that transpire and especially if you let those emotions and thoughts linger, that can lead into a very depressive state. Now, I wouldn't go far and say that every athlete will become depressed, but it is a depressive state. And depression is essentially long-term stress, you know. Um, and so depression is something where you're, you know, there's so many circumstances that are that you're thinking and regurgitating in your mind and it could be a contract situation it could be your playing time it could be your fear of re-injury it could be the fact that you might not be able to be the best or the, the same person that you were so all of these factors that you're all considering is leading you to become in a depressive state then we get onto the rehab stage and bargaining, oh my goodness, bargaining is, I've seen it firsthand where an athlete is recovering from rehab but they just wanna keep moving on. They wanna get back as soon as possible. And so there's areas that they might not take as serious. There might be areas that they might wanna skip or they might feel like it's so monotonous. They just wanna get over and done with them and almost get close to having the ball at their feet again. So that's another stage of an injury process. And then there's the element of acceptance, you know, where you actually accept what is happening and you're working on you know the process and the journey of rehab to return now out of all of those emotion and stages there's two that are non-negotiable if you if you are working to be mental, mentally tough one is anger and one is depression those are non-negotiable we can't let that happen you're okay to have that experience of denial when you and you can't believe it and you respond but anger and depression is when you allow yourself to become affected by that that's not negotiable. And the things that I'm going to mention from here, and hopefully speaking to our guest today, you'll be able to at least fuel yourself and equip yourself with the elements that will, will allow you to not become affected by a long-term injury, that you can have things that you can apply and therefore improve your confidence. The mental skill that we're gonna be applying throughout today at least is reframing. So reframing is for you to take that irrational statement and reframe it 
So it has the same premise, but you reframe it in, in a way where it becomes a little bit more practical, it become, becomes a little bit more action plan based, and it becomes a lot more empowering. And it's a, it has to be realistic to you. One of the first things that you need to reframe your mind from thinking is that there's no reason that your injury will jeopardize your ability to return. There's no way. Technology, thank God, we're at a point where technology, in terms of you know surgeons and doctors, where there's a lot of medical research and a lot of things that can go and take place in order for you to return. But also, if you put your, your efforts and your commitments into rehab and the people are around you, there's no way you can't return. There's no way you can't return to your playing levels. Look to some of the people who have experienced some of those injuries and look at their ability to return. Yes, there's gonna be some elements of individuals that struggle, but isn't that the world that we live in? There's people that are successful and there's people that are less successful. There are some people that are mentally tough and then those people that have mental tough um, challenges, mentally tough challenges. So look towards those people that have gone through the process and experienced it and, and glean in, like encouragement that there is a way for you to return. Before we even get into the plan, now this is something that not every athlete will take this into consideration, but I wanna put this message out there. It's almost like when you walk on the street and you see a beggar on the street, sometimes you feel compelled to, to give money or support or even help. Sometimes you might not do it, but you feel the spirit and the desire of doing that. I want every player who sees a teammate of theirs injured to make it a priority at some point to be of support. You know, um, go and do something, maybe even spend some time with them when they're injured. Yes, you might be training, but they might be doing some extra work. Spend a little bit of time with them. Make them feel like they have some sort of connection to the team. That's my advice to players. Physios, strength and conditioning coaches. I think it's important for you and it's very important and you know there's a lot of research that's gone into this but also from a humanistic point of view for you to make sure that they are as close and connected to the team as possible whether they're training outside or obviously things need to be done in the gym but when there's an ability to train outside when the players are do it when there's an element where you can at least have him close to the team and see what's going on do it because those things are going to be able to help facilitate him mentally and prepare him for that return at the same time though, players, I'm saying this, but it's your responsibility to ensure that that social element and the visual element is maintained in your game. Express that, communicate with your coaches, communicate with your physios, strength and conditioning coaches, but also make it a priority for you to make sure that you're still within the mix. Maybe that could be when you're eating, maybe that could be some after, um, post-match or post-training activities, or maybe even you going to watch a training session and you're involving yourself verbally you're communicating you're saying things and you know it's your priority to make sure that you do not become disconnected and the social element is so important in terms of you recovering from injury but in terms of before we even get to this plan it's important for you to make sure that you take responsibility why do i say that because as human beings like we normally have that thought and and that feeling and that expectation that when we go through a difficult circumstance that we want people to come and support us now we live in a world where yes that is ideal but everybody has their own personal circumstances that, that's going on. And yes, they may care, but sometimes they might not actively put themselves out there. And that's nothing to do with you. And so that's, this is where we kind of got to take ourselves from being so self-absorbed, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but to come out of our shell, come out of our way and make sure that we are within the social mix without it looking 
out of the ordinary. Whilst we're on the social element, one of the social things that are important for you to do is to make sure the lines of communications are important. So this is you speaking to the coaches, the you know the the physical team in terms of all the people involved in that. But also, why do I say the coach? It's also good for you to find out how they perceive your whole recovery and just identify where you are and what their plans are and what you want to, to bring to the team upon your return. Have that communication so it's done, so that element of the unknown is not there. Obviously, some coaches might not always tell the truth or have to be a bit coy, but it's good for you to have that communication just to let them know, maybe on a regular basis, but also just have that conversation as, look, I'm planning to come back. I'm coming back for that team, that place and that spot. I want to know that you're, I'm still in your plans, you know? Um, it's good to have that conversation. And then when we're talking about some of the teammates, we mentioned that just before, some of your friends and family, try and get them around you, try and visit if you can. Um, it's good for you to at least keep that social element of your life um, engaged so that you do not feel like you're completely alone. Now, it's important for you to have a clear idea of what you need to do to get back. Sit down with your strength and conditioning coach, either together or on separate occasions, and start plotting down some of your, your, um, your months. Do forgive me, I'm, there's so much for me to say, so I'm trying to cram it in because I got, we've got, you know, we got a guest to speak to today. But when you're setting your goals, it's important for you to set short-term goals. Short-term goals, but then also have challenging ones every so often. Ones that you work towards to keep you motivated, to keep you stimulated. Another factor is really to, to consider that setbacks could happen. Not to put too much um, energy and thought into that, but also for you to almost have like an asterisk in your plan. If you're doing a training planner, have an asterisk that there could be a setback. So in the event of it happening, yes, it's disappointing and you respond negatively because it's not great, but it doesn't affect you. Another mental skill that I want to introduce is imagery. Now imagery is gonna be very important for you and will help you at least get to the point where your anxiety and fear of re-injury will massively decrease. Your confidence in you returning and having successful phases of play will increase, but then also it keeps your mind physically engaged and keeps your mind sharp. So when you are going through your rehab process and you set your goals, it's important for you to at least keep yourself engaged in the physical demands of the game. Keep your mind focused on the technique that, that is expected of you when you're playing the game. As rehab starts developing, it's important for you to start imagining yourself playing the game, but then also having that tackle or the instance where you started feeling pain or when you got yourself injured, start replaying that. So let's just say you're a midfielder and you had the ball um, and you was literally putting the ball out to make a pass and you got tackled and that's how you got injured. You wanna be able to start imagining and visualizing you making that exact same play in your game and coming out successful. So having that challenge, having that tackle, having that, that element that caused the injury, but you overcoming that, so you coming out on top of that. You wanna start taking about 15 minutes to exercise those thoughts on a regular basis. I'll say about two times a week as things may um, progress with your rehab. Start visualizing you successfully implementing one of your traits, you know, whether it's scoring or whether it's making a save or a pass or tackle or a header or, you know, um, what phase, whatever phase, should I say, is a trademark of your game, start visualizing that. 
visualizing it in different scenarios now by this time as as rehab has picked up over time over a few months you've been to a few games you've seen different demands you've seen different environments start visualizing yourself executing that in different environments different opposition different uh, conditions of the pitch different um scenarios in terms of you being a goal up and a goal down that is very important to keep your mind engaged and as you're going through that rehab process those elements are what you're working for and that will keep you motivated it's important as well for you to also watch some of your game if you have the luxury of watching footage watch back at your game there's nothing better than seeing yourself you know in terms of you being able to visualize see what it's like and then you can imagine and visualize a little bit more effectively but also you can start putting yourself back in those situations cast your mind back and maybe replay some of those instances or maybe even recreate some of those scenarios that you're watching so that they can be even more successful they can be even more impactful that will be very useful for you to do also all of these things that we discussed are before you actually get back into contact football so when you get back into contact football there could be an element where you do some extra training Put yourself in scenarios that you've seen over the time during your injury um, and, and rehab process. Cast your mind into that. How would you act in those particular situations? Maybe get a teammate and involve them and start creating a bit more realism. Put your mind in those competitive scenarios where maybe there's a crowd on your back or rooting for you or an away game. and Put your mind in that particular phase and then you're responding in that way. And you're getting yourself ready for that physical element and that that ability to return successfully this is a really good subject here and i'm going to speak to a gentleman who suffered an injury that was very unique in football no one's actually undergone what he has gone through and actually returned to the game and he's a, a living embodiment of that i've spoken to someone close to him who said that he's returned in greater shape than he was beforehand and this is something that he's himself professed himself and that we're going to speak to romaine vince lot who is of shrewsbury town and we're going to get his experiences in sustaining an injury that to my mind, Andy Murray has sustained as well. So it'd be great to get his thoughts and feelings. So we're here with Romain Vincelot. Have I got your name pronunciation right? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Maybe I should have tried it with a bit more of a French accent. I, I did French yeah. at school. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, my man. Um, and so just speaking to you today, we um, had a, a time discrepancy because you're in France at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I am. And uh, yeah, I was in a, a bit of a madness with my little one so i just texted you <laughs> yeah so good um how is how is the 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 state of france at the moment considering the pandemic well well it's all um almost back to normal uh, almost um people wearing a lot of masks uh but I, i'm a bit scared that uh, i could come back because People are just so happy to go out that there is a lot of people in the streets, uh, some of them without masks. So, uh, yeah, it's all good because everybody is happy out. Uh, the weather is, uh, is not too bad, but hopefully we, we don't have a second wave. Which part are you from or which part are you in right now? Uh, I'm in on the west coast uh, by La Rochelle. So it's very, very touristic. And now it's the, the holidays for, for, for the kids. So there is a lot of people from, from Paris, from everywhere in France that come to the coast. Right. And uh, yeah, it's very busy right now. Funny enough, it's exactly the same here now. Yesterday was the official day where they opened up bars. And so you can yeah. imagine everybody was just rushing to, to get a drink. So hopefully there isn't a second wave. And 
hopefully football in terms of football for you will start back up because you've been with Shrewsbury recently and there's been a standstill with that because of the virus and stuff and so um, you've had quite an interesting career in English football you know I've done, I done a little bit of my research you was with a team that I worked with Dagenham and Redbridge yeah yeah I started there um, yeah with John John Steele who gave me gave me my chance when I when I came uh, so very good memories went up with them Wembley so mm-hmm. yeah Dagenham yeah always a special place for me did you start off there in in England? In England? Yeah, yeah, I came, I came there, um, and then we 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 went um, promoted to League One. Uh, so it was the highest uh, the the club's been. So it's uh, kind of a, a pride for me. Excellent. And then you went on to other leagues and almost was a playoff king in some ways in your history. Yeah, I've done yeah few three playoff final. So three times in uh, Wembley. So it's uh, for a Frenchman to to go three three times to Wembley. It's uh, quite special. Very happy with that. And I hope uh, they're gonna be a fourth soon. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, just for the viewers and stuff, what what position do you play? Um, I'm a centre mid or centre half. Depends. Okay. Which one do you prefer? Uh, Depends what kind of football. Um, I love to play at the back if you try to play from the back. Um, yeah. But then I, I love the fact when I'm in the middle that I can go up and down and uh, you know, do attacking, defending. I love both of it. Understood. Yeah. Kind of moving on to the topic of today. So we're talking about the whole concept of returning from a long-term injury. And, you know, I've heard about your story. I haven't heard in great detail. So it's a great opportunity now to almost speak to you, the horse's mouth, and get your side of things and almost give some inspiration for those who have um, suffered something similar or even gone through a long-term injury. This has been actually a topic, one of the first topics that I've asked the people what they wanted to speak on. So this is something that the people really want to hear. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So your, your situation is extremely unique because you suffered an injury, dare I say, that nobody in English football, maybe even world football, has experienced. Well, I think the injury itself, uh, it's something that uh, a few footballers have towards the, the end of the career. But I did ask the, the professor who did the operation on me, uh, why is there no, no one did it and came back? And he said, it's um, first, the technique uh, has improved a lot the last few years, uh, and which now enable to, to come back if you want to. But he said, it's something that normally happens very, very late in the career or, or not, not at that point where I was at, like where it's very, the hip is just destroyed. There is no more cartilage at all. So he said, to be at that stage, it's very rare. But then when it happens, most of the time, people just retire. Um, so that that's um, that, that was the reason that maybe in football uh, there was no other example yet. But I'm sure now, if um, you know, if I play another three, four years, uh, it, it can people can just think, oh, you know what? I will have the operation and I carry on because I'm still still hungry for it. Absolutely, and you'll be a living example of that. So. What exactly happened to you? Well, um, I can't remember the exact term, to be honest. It just 
basically my hip has been worn and tear over the years um and so i carried on uh playing and training very hard uh even through the pain so what happens like all the cartilage um inside the joint just completely disappeared because i carried on playing on it um so then it's just bone v bone so it's the your femur uh, on the, on your pelvic yeah. so it's just bone v bone uh, which is extremely painful um so we we tried everything uh injections everything but when we saw the the surgeon basically he said there is absolutely nothing to do apart from having the surgery uh, that will take the pain away uh, and have a yeah like a yeah hip replacement basically yeah and one of the things that's quite unique to your situation is that i'm taking that it wasn't an actual game where you could say this happened where i got injured it was almost a gradual degeneration of your body essentially yeah, exactly. yeah yeah it is completely because so the you can imagine the bone uh, hitting the bone all the time uh so there was a lot of bruising as well um so basically it's something that i had the first few signs i would say five six years ago when i could be very stiff uh during the summer you know when the the the, the ground is very hard uh pre-season and after the, the session i was trying to to stretch a little bit and have a bit of work on it but not not something that would you know uh, make me unable to train or play or affect my level but just something I was aware of. And then gradually the last two, three years were um, at times horrible, uh, waking me up at night uh, because of the pain. And then gradually to the last six months or one year ago now, um, pre-season, literally for half an hour after a session, I would be nervously kind of shaking because yeah. if i work hard then there is so much pain that my body was a little bit shaky time for it to to rest and relax a little bit but my sleep was horrible because i was always always waking up at night uh because of the pain i couldn't find a position where i, I didn't feel anything so i came to the point where i was thinking not even thinking about my career it was just about my life i was i need a solution because i was getting um angry quite often because of the pain constant pain so uh, i thought that I, I need to do something right now uh, because what i was not doing before uh, it, it was like to think about oh yeah i need to solve this problem because i, I knew that i couldn't play if i was sorting it so i was thinking carry on your career play as long as you can and then we will see what we can do but then i was not even able to to play anymore so i was like okay that's that's now we have to do something now yeah and that sounds quite stressful in terms of you having to deal with that constantly and you know it affecting your sleep which is something that's quite vital for a footballer and yeah. i'm glad that you was able to uh, um, address it and work to where you are now where you say that you're in better shape than you was before you even got injured that's a unique situation and that's only credit to your rehab so can we talk about that a little bit just yeah, for the yeah. viewers actually um this is an injury that is very similar to the one that andy murray sustained right 
exactly the same the same thing yeah yeah so if anyone's seen the documentary um it's quite interesting i've watched it i've shown it to a few athletes that i've worked with and there's a lot of emotions that go in with that and you've just mentioned a little bit that you've experienced yourself now when you kind of found out what you had and when you found out the severity and how long you'll be out of the game for can you cast your mind back to how you instantly felt well first i thought that was the end of my career because basically they told me that I need a, a hip replacement, a mini hip replacement they do for, for sport people. Uh, but that's, that's a hip replacement. So for me, it was like, wow, okay, wow. And the first few things that people told me as well, med medically, they said that it's, um, you, you will be able to, to do some sports after, but professionally, not sure at all. So, so I knew that, yeah, there was a big chance that, yeah, that would be the end. So uh, at least I would be, but to be fair, I was to the point where I was, I was divided in two because there was still the fire burning inside me that I want to win, I want to play. I want, I want it so much that there should be a solution somewhere because otherwise things happen for a reason, uh, but it doesn't match how I feel. So there must be something. And then there was the other side. So, Maybe that's that's how you end a career. Sometimes it's just like if you can't tell yourself that's the end, something yeah. tell it for you. So I was like, uh, and I was I was like, uh, which part should I should I listen to? And then thankfully, uh, with the medical staff at um, at Shrewsbury, it's been amazing. They they put me in touch with um, one of the best uh, specialists, the uh, Professor Griffin. And then he had a speech that changed it all for me, where he basically said that there is no reason why I couldn't come back to professional football. And I would even feel so much better that I would be better than if I work hard. And the last two years, there is a lot of good sign for it. So I said, all right, let's go for it then. And uh, it, it took just a conversation with um, a top specialist to, to make my mind up. One of the things that you've, you said so much there, so much rich information, because when you're going through a situation like that, one of the things that I encourage athletes to do is to respond, you know? Um, and what I mean by that is, it's okay for you to be upset about you being injured. Like it's, as a human, we've, we've been hit with disappointment and we're, you're competitive. So you have, you know, you wanna compete, you wanna be at your best. So it's okay for you to be upset about it and for you to, you know, be disappointed. But the important thing is to not be affected, you know, where it affects your desire, it affects your passion and, and who you want to be as an athlete. And so when you said you're divided, that's just your human nature and your competitive nature at, almost at war, essentially. And this is where that element of mental toughness comes into it. But also mental toughness is something that you also need somewhat some support system, especially when you're going through an injury. So you're talking about your club, you're talking about the surgeons and those, those elements are very important in terms of your rehab, which you just mentioned there as well. So it's great that the information that I've just mentioned beforehand of the podcast um, is, is, is mentioned from yourself too. Now, when you said that Shrewsbury was supportive and you had to go through surgery, right? What, let's, let's talk a little bit more about 
your rehab process. Now, rehab is something that some of us always expect to be one destination meeting to the end, but sometimes there might be setbacks, there might be some things that didn't go well, or even it went ahead of schedule. How would you kind of summarize your, your rehab experience? Um, it was very interesting. It, um, it was an adventure because basically when we, when they started to um, work on it, they, it, it was new. Nobody did it in football. So basically the, the physio and the, the fitness coach um, and, the, and the dog, they really tried to uh, think about it deeply, not like just open a book, oh, this is rehab for ACL, blah, blah. You tick that box, that box, that box, then you go to the next stage, blah, blah, blah. It was really interesting. They, they were really thinking about it. And I could see the, the investment, the the mental like they really thought about it and used their brain uh, and with the, the professor he said there is not much a time frame it's going to be stages when he can do this then he can do uh, go to the next stage and work on that and when he can do this perfectly he moves to the next one he says it can take six months seven months five um, up to him as long as he can do stuff uh, that are required to move to the next one it's it's fine uh, to start with i just had like six weeks very restrictive because uh, it was treated first as a fracture because uh, you had to fracture the bone to put um to work on the zone you wanted to to work on so it's very technical but six weeks where i couldn't do much but then it was really some sensations uh, we are dictating the, the outcome of when I go to, to the next stage. So, and, and, and it, we, we, we were like a team because I said to the physio, he was buzzing about it kind of because it's very interesting. And so, so, so was I because it's something I'm interested in. And I said, okay, let's, let's smash it together. Uh, and, you know, when I was, uh, looking at something on uh, on videos or stuff on on hip uh, resurfacing rehab, say, oh look at this exercise. What do you think? Say, yeah, great. And we can add this, so it's gonna relate a bit more to football. So it was really an exchange. Um, all of us like trying to find the the, the exercises that would help me, um, and especially for football, because the more we were uh, progressing, the more we wanted to get football ready uh, the hip football ready um so it was uh, we loved it we had a few arguments as well because i thought we i could go to the next stage but they said no uh, let's make it even more perfectly the movement you so it was a battle sometimes but there were emotions and i think it's very positive when there, when there is emotion because it means that i was very invested in it so and they were a lot as well so and um for me that's that's the sign that i was well looked after it's they they were on it uh from from from, from the beginning and and we smashed it basically four months and a half after the surgery i was supposed to be in a squad to play against coventry uh, wow. But unfortunately, that was the weekend that um, it uh, it was cancelled for for the coronavirus. Yeah. So normally, um, 
even the professor was was buzzing because um, nobody did that quick. Um, but yeah, well, I was ready for a month and a half to to compete. Yeah. Um, so so I, and I take a lot of pride in it because uh, uh, we didn't do it like oh we need to to smash it and do as quick as possible. But I had uh, a little bit of that in my mind because um, my contract uh, was ending in um, this season, so at the end of June, uh, and I wanted to have I don't know ten games to be able to show that look I'm back and I'm even better than the, the last two seasons. So that's why I was rushing it. Not rushing it because rushing is like you don't respect the the stage. So that's why I was very quick at it, and uh, and we we managed it. Uh, the only thing we we couldn't we couldn't do we couldn't deal with was the the virus. Uh, yeah. But the rehab, I enjoyed it. It was horrible at times, but even when it was horrible, I say yeah, I love that. It's horrible, but it's not it, it's not horrible enough for me to give up. Uh, and and you take pride in that mm-hmm. because yeah, it's horrible. And at the end of the the session. When you manage to do it, you can say, "Yeah, I'm stronger than that. I'm stronger than that." And and it's um, you know, it's it's a point that you you put in your bank. It's a yeah, it's like you you have to take all the negative, put it in a bag, put it in your brain, and it comes back like a like a positive bag, because you're in a situation that. Well, anything that comes against you, you use it against it. Uh, it's a uh, it's it's a funny funny rehab because I just love the toughness of of it. Yeah. Because I was thinking that there has to be some hell of a reward behind that. So I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> there will be. Incredible. I think your story definitely needs to be told, especially as you've recovered alone. That's a story in itself that can add value to so many people in the next 10, 15, 20 years. So that story alone is going to be very inspirational. But that's the story doesn't end there. You know, there's football that's going to be happening. There's a whole new season that's coming. Yes, this this whole period is a bit it's a bit confusing, but there's more for you. And it's great to it's exciting to see what the future holds and hopefully you feel the same way. I do have a few questions though before I let you go about what you just said there. How much was you at the club? So when you're going through your rehab, how connected was you with the team? Was you able to see them train? Was you able to do training outside with them? Was you speaking to the coach quite often? How was your relationship with the players? Because the reason why I ask is a lot of the time when you're going through rehab, you can feel very separated. Was there a conscious effort to be connected as much as possible? Yeah, um, and that's why I wanted anyway. So because they said, oh, after the surgery, if you want to take a week, I said, no, no, no. As soon as like, like two days after, I was, um, or maybe three, four days after, I had to stay in hospital for two, two days. But I wanted to get back straight away. I just, you know, it's important to, for me to be part of something. Yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the side a little bit. But I'm still there. I'm still cracking the jokes with the lads. I'm still aware of all the the um, the, the situation with everyone. Uh, he's having a baby. Uh, I talk to him about that. Uh, you know, to be connected with your teammates 
and and they give you motivation as well because they see that the setup at Shrewsbury is very good. We're all in the same little building, all the coaches, the, the canteen, the, the gym, the dressing room, and the coaching uh, staff uh, room. It's all, you know, in the same same building. So basically, I was with them doing the, the prehab. Uh, I was doing my exercises. Then they go out, uh, and I carry on my work in the gym. And they, then they come back. They look at me. Oh, are you still working? Say, yeah, lads, I'm coming, boys. Be careful. So it's, you know, this kind of, you know, connection. Uh, same with the staff always coming, popping the head through the through the door in the gym. Oh, how are you doing, Vince? All good. Yeah, keep keep going. So I was very very connected to the lads, and I think they they saw they saw how much um, I worked, and uh, a lot a lot of time I had a lot of um, praise from them, which really fueled me as well. They said, "Oh, mate, it's it's amazing what you're doing. Um, can't wait to see you on the pitch." So when then three I don't know when I started to get back outside to to run, but uh, to to have the the boys that just say 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 something to me when I was lapping around the pitch and uh, some of them clapping. So it's it's so important to get when you're injured to to to, to be around the team still because otherwise when you're just on your own or or just when people give you the choice, oh, if you want to go uh, two weeks uh, at home and just do a few exercises. I think that, that that's not for me anyway. But I think you need you need to be there uh, to to do a, to do a good rehab. Thousand mind. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. You know, like that's something that every athlete needs. You know, because you guys play in a team sport, so there has to be the team element still involved with that. And I'm glad that you said that you was in a hospital and you made that conscious effort to get yourself there as soon as possible because a lot of the times when you're injured or when as human beings when negative things happen to us sometimes we kind of expect people to come and support us rather than us going out to them in some ways and so it's important for us to take responsibility to ensure that your social element is is still maintained and sometimes human beings have their own things that they're doing and they might not feel like they might not see the the urgency to to go to others. So that's a message that I really want to push out to others, so that they have to make sure that you're you have to take a lot of responsibility. And I'm thankful that you was able to echo the message to go through this long-term injury process. And you know you've got a great story that's coming ahead. And thank you for your time. What what do you want to be the next six to eight months of your career? So that when we see it happen, we can know that it was part of your plan. Well, it's just I want to play. I want to play every every game if I feel if I feel good. It's not like oh, I just want to you know be part of a team uh, and 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 do well. No, 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 no. I've worked too hard, and I want to really. I want to smash it. I want to get somewhere, and just get the shirt and not leave that. Uh, that shirt to anyone else because this is how I am this is how I was and this is how I will be because I put myself in the position where I can be um, the the player I was and I worked so hard for it that I I, I want to win Uh, it's not like oh I want to to play another three four years that's cool now I'm here 
for the competition and to win things, to 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 have this adrenaline to achieve. That's what I want to do. It's I've got four years in front of me. I hope uh, maybe more. I don't know, but this is not just to oh yeah, it's nice. It's, it's gonna prolong my career. Nah, it's I want to win. I want to go somewhere and be one of the key players. This is what what I want. Understood, and and I look forward to seeing that. And you know, this whole concept is you know returning for long term injury, but it's also on confidence. And some players might not, or some people might not even see the link to confidence. However, this is the alternative side to you not have losing your confidence. You having that self belief, having that drive and desire to get back and play and and believe in your body as well. That is confidence, and and that's what you're showing here. And confidence has the strongest link to improved performance and you already are um, at that stage where you feel improved and developed and so I, I wish you the, all the best and I look forward to seeing it come out on the pitch. Thank you. We've gone over time man because your story is so extensive and, and I'm sure this is not this is the only the beginning part of your story and there's so much more to explore. I'll, I will leave that for another time I'm, I'm sure but I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of the, the sunny sunny west coast of France. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Listen, Romain, take care. God bless you, man. Thanks for your time. See you. Bye. Nice one. Cheers. Great conversation with Romain. You know, um, very compelling information. I really hope it adds value. We've gone over time a little bit, you know, but I feel like this is a topic that you can't... It, it's hard for you to really even go over this in under an hour. You know, it, it takes weeks and, and conversations, but hopefully I gave you a great bite-sized perspective in how you improve and develop and get yourself to that point where you can increase your confidence during the injury process. Now, I think one of the things that I want to do is do a podcast on the aftermath and you actually returning and recovering. That's something that I'll do at a later date. Hopefully for those who have gone through an injury process, it's good for you to reflect on some of the things that you did and the things that maybe you didn't do, which may have resulted in a few things. Hopefully this inspired those who have recently had an injury and they're going through an injury process. But also there's gonna be more players that are not injured in the world right now. And hopefully this adds, this provides you and equips you with the information that you need in order for you to recover and, and return in the best shape possible. So I hope this adds value. There was a lot of information that Romain said that, that mirrors the information that I provided and it's great to get an athlete's perspective who's actually gone through the process successfully and it re I guess for you guys it reinforces that these are elements that you should be taking on board. And I really wanna stress that. There's a lot of information that I said, had to say it very quickly so that we could um, condense the episode and make it listenable and not make it a drag. But I look forward to the next week and I hope it adds value. And do get in touch with me. Let me hear stories. I want to hear information that, that lets me know that things are happening from the podcast. So get in touch. I'd love to hear from you guys and moving on to next week. Nice one.